Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Trans Questioning Podcast. We are your hosts, Miles. And Mars. Hello, everyone. Hi. Greetings. I don't remember how to podcast. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while for us. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've podcasted together. Truly. And that's, I mean, that's about to change real soon, starting by the fact that we're podcasting today together. Well, yes, quiet. Yes. Mm, yes, quiet. I'm nearest Christ. <laughs> so here we are. We, we, are, we have taken over the Trans Questioning Podcast. It's ours now. Um, Sarah Zedig! It's ours uh, now. We, we fucking killed Sarah. Um, Sarah was found dead in Miami, which is weird. because <laughs> She's she was, fine, but she is dead. She was last seen in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> we transported a body to Miami. Um, so we don't know anything about being trans, so this is really going to be um, an exploratory. <laughs> An exploratory episode oh, for us. Oh my goodness! Um, you know, an educational. Oh, yeah, you know, an educational. Maybe we'll go on the Wikipedia page. For I'm gonna look transgender. at transgender. You know, I've heard all of these things on the news. Have you seen the news? The kids these days are. Have you seen the news? Lately? The kids these days are transing themselves. Yeah, they're taking all of these potions of trans your gender. Yeah. The government's handing out free hormone replacement therapy the fro- to the libs. The frogs are the frogs are giving people a HRT. The gay frogs. The gay frogs. No, uh, we know a thing or two about being trans. Listen, how long have have you uh known that you're non-binary Mars? Honestly, weird weirdly since high school, maybe earlier. Mm. Um I feel like most of my identity uh, I sort of figured out a little bit later in life, and like not that late. I'm 22, so like I've got a I, <laughs> midlife I, crisis over here. <laughs> I I don't want to imply because like obviously like you know people discover that they're trans like 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 way like later in life in their you know 40s, 50s, 60s, 80s, you know. And, like, that's still, like, you know, obviously really great and really cool. But you're right. Like, it's hard, like, once you've gone through, like, first puberty to find out that you're trans. Like, if it happens, like, before or during, I feel like people are kind of like, okay, it's going to be easier, quote unquote, to, like, medically transition if that's what they're going for. Easier to, like, you know, as you're coming into, like, your adult peer group, it's a lot easier to, like get it through to them you don't have to like explain as much i feel like once you've gone over like 16 it's sort of like it feels like even though it isn't light it feels like you've missed something which right, is pretty yeah. shitty <laughs> well there's always this sense of like like the the there's sort of like this disconnect between how you were be, how you were before because you were trying to meet an expectation that wasn't your own and then after i I I guess cracking your egg or whatever. Is that what the kids are calling it? I I've heard it. I've heard it before. Um uh there's like yeah your the yourself after that is like and I have found personally that I have like shed so many selves over oh, the yeah. past like couple of years. Yeah, murdered like entire selves of identity. Oh yeah, like I have been a different person um a couple dozen times in my life so far. Yeah. Uh, shed, shed my skin. Um, 
to the point where like I don't even relate to or feel a strong connection to the person who I was before, which honestly might mm. co- like contribute to my like memory issues of that era in particular. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point actually. Although my short-term memory sucks too. So like <laughs> Maybe it's just a brain thing. Maybe it's just but, a brain thing. But it is true. Like, if you're severing that, like, identity, like, those uh, habits, those, like, interests, that, like, way of presenting yourself, of course the memories are going to be caught up in that because people are so, like, attached to, like, physical and mental memories. Uh, so it makes sense that, like, if you're cutting off, like, so much of, like, what you used to be and reforming yourself, it makes sense that you wouldn't remember some stuff. Yeah, it's it, it's so interesting cuz I am a very exceedingly present person. I- extremely so, yes. Uh I only exist in the moment every other time is dead or hasn't happened yet. Now that's transtemporality. <laughs> I'm sort of a uh my transness gives me time powers. It does. Being trans makes you a time traveler. Listen, I in my head I'm I'm still like 18 even though I'm 23 this year. <laughs> I'm trans. And I'm just like- My adult form is fucked. And I'm like, I I don't really think about my age at any any point. Because like, I think I'm 22. I might be 23. Um, You're turning 23. Are you sure? Yes, we are the same age. Okay. Year of the Ox, baby. Year of the Ox. Um, uh, I, yeah, I just like, I don't know. My age is not important to me at this point. That's valid. I feel like there's a certain age you hit where you're like, oh, I'm just an adult now. My age is adult. Yeah. And I'm just like, like, I feel like there's so many things that I was like taught and conditioned to believe were important during high school um, Mm -hmm. that were like, in terms of like the age thing, obviously, like you want to be surrounding yourself with people who are of a similar age to you. I feel like that makes a lot of sense. Mm. Um, like, obviously, you can be friends with people outside of your age group, but, you know, up, not down, usually. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Um, but, uh, like, but, like, in terms of the actual number, that was way important to me when I was a kid, and now it's just, like, I don't fucking care. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. What does it matter? Sometimes I'll meet people, and they'll be, they'll look, you know, the same age as me, and then they'll be like- Oh, I'm 19. And I'll be like, that's fucked up. And then sometimes I'll meet people that look exactly, you know, the same age as me and they'll go, I'm 27. And I'll go, that's also very fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I can never tell. I have no idea. I'm so bad. Uh, I could never work in a, uh, a a bottle shop because I'd just be like, yep, you're old enough, right? Yeah, I I have gotten pretty obsessive about checking IDs at work just because I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm so stupid all the time. Brain empty all thoughts. Truly. Fucking Miles has the brain cell today. I don't know how to look at people anymore. Um, So, okay. Um, I, so, and we can circle back around, but I feel like I've been talking a lot. Uh, Sure. So, I've known that I was some form of non-binary. Nowadays, I identify more specifically with agender. Um, yes. Uh, with some gender fluidity sometimes, but mm-hmm. usually it's just agender. Like, like, there are legitimately some days where I'm like, yeah, I'm a woman right now. 
Oh, absolutely. I feel like there's always some inherent, like, there's always going to be something in your brain that's like, I feel a little bit something today, but not enough to fucking have a crisis over, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. Um, But yeah, mostly agender. And I've known that. Actually, it was in high school, I, I, I was like, yes, I'm agender. And then later I was like, but okay, maybe non-binary works a little bit better. And then now I've circled back around, like, no, high school me was right about this, actually. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I was right the first time. Right I'm, the first I'm time. all good. It's we. It's honestly weird to me how quickly I knew and how consistency consistently I was mm. about it. Like sometimes you just know. But again, we'll we'll circle back around on that because I feel like we're feeling about like talking about this sort of stuff. But mm-hmm. um, but what about you? What how 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 soon? Like when did you know that you were trans? My trans gender experience is uh a little bit complicated and also i feel like i have a very um like movie trans experience because for ages i went by like the masculinized version of my like (laughs) dead name and like i used to have a pink bedroom and now it's blue (laughs) and like i cut all my hair off without telling my mom yeah and i wore a lot of sweaters (laughs) and i was sad all the time and it's not, and I went from being very like I feel like because I've been out as a trans person for about uh six ish years now, um, uh I think yeah like going on six or seven this year again time's not real whatever, um <laughs> we can agree time isn't real, um but uh uh before I like uh knew I was trans I was like I sort of went very hard into femininity because I have a like different relationship with my body image than a lot of people because as a fat person when you are assigned female at birth you feel like you have to go very hard into high feminine like high like presentary aesthetics for when you're like dressing uh so that people won't think that you are disgusting um but then when i came out as trans like i like went very ham in the other direction um and i feel like a lot of trans uh, dudes especially go like very like dude i'm a bro i'm gonna be a misogynist (laughs) and i didn't go that far but like i went very like i'm a straight dude Never been straight in my life. Um, but I but I went through the thing of like, at first I was like, maybe I'm a demigirl. So I'm like, she, they pronouns. And then I was like, maybe I'm just a gender. So they're them pronouns. Then I was like, oh, I feel kind of masculine. He, they pronouns. And now I, and then I went, oh, he, him pronouns. I'm a dude. And now I'm back to being like, oh, sometimes I'm not, like, don't really give a shit about gender. And I feel like it really is the thing of like, my gender is that I'm a gay man. Not that, like, I'm a man. It's that I'm gay. Sure. I get that. Um, so, gay's my gender. I, I, and so, yeah, it's been, like, six years and I went through the fucking... Ugh, right. Like, there are of. there are words that we use to, like... And, like, there's, there's a whole discussion about labels and all of that. And I personally believe that labels are valuable. I feel that... Um, it's yeah, wor- they it's, help you. It's worthwhile to have a categorization system to like, so that you can like have something to look up and be like, sure. what what terms can I search so that I can read words that might help me understand my personal experience better? Yeah, but we can, I think, all agree that even if labels are helpful, they might not. They're not universal, really. And, uh, even terms that you use, uh, 
to describe yourself, you might not a hundred percent that might not a hundred percent relate to your experience. Hmm. Um uh by like the traditional, like a Googleable definition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh and and there's a sort of like, you know what these words mean to you, so that's what's important. But yeah. I want to play a game with you because we each have our oh, labels. Goodness. We each, yeah. we each, we each have our set of labels that we use to describe our identities. But that mm-hmm. might not be if we were to genuinely describe it. That might not be what we would say. Yeah. So I want to play a game, which is what the labels that you say, and then your actual like your words, what your identity is. Okay, you first. Me first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. Uh. So the labels that I use are a gender. Uh. By romantic, uh, gray ace. Uh, so for, to an outsider, the sort of like outside experience of that is, you know, they, them pronouns. Uh, I'm, I'm not attracted to femininity, but I'm mm. reasonably attracted to anything else. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, you know, whatever. I'm not, I don't particularly feel strong sexual feelings, uh, unless there's yeah. a deep emotional connection. Um, yeah. Uh, but my own words that I would use for, to describe that is, um, I am a circling ball of emotion that takes in influences and briefly becomes them, sometimes in flashes, sometimes in waves, and it is fueled by my connection to other people. Mm. I think that's a very beautiful way of, of putting that. Uh, so that's that's my identity in words, I guess. How about you? Yeah, so I guess I'm transgender. Um, pretty straightforward uh, in terms of that. And uh, I guess homosexual. Um, and uh, just gay in general. Uh, but it's also the sort of thing of like, that is, I don't like the term homo flexible or heteroflexible because I don't think it like really. That's not. Yeah, I get it. It's not it, Chief. Yeah. Um. I'm, but I'm not like I like femininity, masculinity, and androgyny. So I'm always like, I guess if it comes up, uh, and that might honestly be from years like leftover of being queer and being pansexual, but. I don't know, man. I, like, a month ago figured out I was gay, so, like, we're just going with it right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> we're just fucking... Um, ugh, it's just a fucking ball game. Uh, the way I would put that into my own words is that I find beauty in so much. I think so many things are so beautiful, and I think people are the most incredible thing that has happened. Uh, and we ourselves like put so much into the world, and I think that is so beautiful. Not on like a even romantic and sexual level, just on the most like pure. This makes my brain feel good level, uh, and I think love is incredible. I just like experiencing and feeling other people's love, not even having to experience it myself. Um, and, uh, yeah, I feel like my, yeah, that's like my experiences. I'm just, I love love a lot. Uh, and that's how I experience my attraction. 
I think that this. Oh. I discovered this recently. By okay. The way. Well, I was gonna before you say whatever. I was just gonna say that that. Yeah. Because I, I feel like whenever you say like a nice, beautiful thing, you Im- <laughs> you immediately do a hard turn to contradict it with like a gross thing or something. <laughs> It's my way of deflecting. And before and before you get to that, I no, wanted to I wasn't gonna. and I wa- I wanted to step in and just say that that was beautiful. Thank you, Mars. I was I was honestly just going to say, and this isn't contradictory and it isn't gross. Well, I hope it isn't gross. To me, in my head, it isn't a mm-hmm. gross thing. Um, but it's been interesting thinking about being gay and being a trans man attracted to uh, both men and cis men. Uh, <laughs> that, like, I'm attracted to a very specific form of, like, rugged masculinity without any of the toxicity, which is why I think I like trans men a lot, because a lot of them take on masculinity without, like, the bad implications of being raised within that masculinity. Mm-hmm. I think that's why I like cowboys. <laughs> so my thing now is I'm thinking like, what am I attracted to? For some reason, like someone that's very gentle and caring and like is good at their job and craft. You just you just want to be held in the arms of Orville Peck. I do. I he's fucking juicy. <laughs> and you're valid. Listen, and I, and it's, it's, I get, I'm not like disparaging you, but if you just wanted to say it in fewer words. Yeah, listen, it's me sandwiched between Orville Peck and Archie from Pokemon. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, like, my thing is that, like, I, like, so it's, okay, it's interesting, because I am asexual to a degree of, mm-hmm. like, I don't generally experience sexual attraction, um... Like, I, I do, can and do, not to get blue, but, you know, like, I- Yeah, it's not a all the time. It's, sure. I have interest in the activity sometimes, but the physicality of it isn't what is driv- driving to me. And even then, sure. it's not an emotion that I seek out deliberately. Just happens. It just sort of happened. Um, and, uh, you know, like, I'm still figuring that out because, like, yeah. I don't know. I haven't really been in a relationship in a while. Mm. Um, so the, once that breaks, once that story breaks, uh, <laughs> um, then, uh, yeah, I don't know. But attraction is weird for me because, yeah. It's it has nothing to do with physical body at all, really. Presentation does matter to an extent. Like again, mm-hmm. femininity does not really do much for me. Just in terms of like romantic or whatever sexual attraction there may or may not be at any given moment. Uh mm-hmm. femininity just is not for me. Um but uh like I mean, you and I are definitely on the same page of like not a hundred percent sure about cis men a lot of the time, just because they're dodgy. <laughs> well, like I'm all like I'm obviously like open to it. It just here's the thing: if you're gonna be a cis man, then you need to get him. Then you need to be like one Joseph Seymour Peppy. <laughs> now tell me what that is. Tell me what that means. Our friend Joe. <laughs> Never heard. His last. I've never heard his full name 
his la- his last name is not Peppy. I don't think. I don't think his real last name is Peppy. Uh, that really sent me. No, but you are entirely right. Yes. Um, Joe is the only valid cis man. Truly, truly. Um, I've yeah. I I I'm sure you find this as well. Like uh, both through like the internet, real life, depending on like how you meet people, uh, is that truly fewer and fewer people I know are cis and het. Yeah, it's a truly Twilight Zone-ish experience to be like, cool, I can't, like, relate to you on a fundamental level straight away, so it's going to take me a while to understand yeah. how you work. Yeah, you, okay. Here- you know, after, like, two days of knowing a gay person, you're like, and that's why my dad abandoned me. Yeah, okay, I have a, I have another uh, cis man to add to the list of, of good cis men. Oh, should we make a, a list? Uh, Iffy Nottaway. Is is one. Oh yeah. He's very Ooh. good. He's so nice. Yeah. God damn. I I need to get that man on a podcast. Honestly. If I ever fucking do a finally do a D and D podcast, I'm gonna get if you're not away on it. Is that the goal? Uh now it is. <laughs> Mine's to get Ali Beardsley on, so let's fucking go. Well, hey, that game would is. that would be a fucking tight ass game with both of them in it. Oh my, can you imagine the energy? It would be such an energy. Um, the sheer energy. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Ooh, honestly, like, on the D&D note, uh-huh. do you find that playing games like tabletop video, etc., do you find that, like, those spaces, do you think it's an interesting place to, like, explore gender identity, to explore your yeah. own gender identity, yeah. or to, like- yeah come up with something different like what is your experience playing games and like taking on a persona or like living vicariously through it so my first this is a great and uh, a great question and thank you for asking it because thank my you, very brave and sexy because my first like gender questioning experience of like exploring gender was with pokemon um yeah oh my god i think that's like so many people i think, it, I think it's like, uh, yeah yeah um because obviously like, i could be a girl yeah uh it's just like straight up ass are you a boy or a, or a girl and it like makes you and for a trans person like a, a someone who like maybe doesn't know that they're trans um that might be the first time they've ever been asked that yeah um and, and how it doesn't like affect the way you play like mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great. And I, well, I, because my first Pokemon experience was Pokemon Yellow, because I stole my aunt's Game Boy and overwrit her save file, because I was a shitty kid. Yeah. Um, but, uh, actually, I don't know if I actually knew how to overwrite the save file, because you have to do, like, a combo on the, uh, on the title screen. Um, so I might have just hit new game and never save. Um, but, uh, but that game doesn't have it. But I remember feeling like I was missing something for not having the option. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in later games, uh, my first like g- Pokemon games that I had to my own uh, were Pokemon Diamond and then eventually Platinum um, yeah. for, the, for the DS. Um, and uh, it was from that point on that in Pokemon games, I almost always play as a girl. Um, uh, more recently, because uh, in Pokemon games, the girls have more customization options yeah. um, than the boys do, which is bullshit. If Animal Crossing can do it, then you can fucking do it, Game Freak. I know. Ugh. Ugh. 
Um, but like, uh, it was always just like, I, I don't feel quite like a boy. And I don't know if girl is right either, but it feels like it's closer in the fact yeah. that it's not a boy. Yeah. Yeah. My gender is not a boy. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's really, that's really the crux of it. Um, my gender is process of elimination. Yeah. And then like later on, like, I feel like D and D really, uh, furthered that because most games up until very extremely recently have mm-hmm. even given an option of a, of a, like, of not being gendered. Um, yeah. Uh, there are very few examples of games that do this. Um, uh, Read Only Memories is one that's a really good example. It's unfortunate the situation with that game, but I think it's okay mm-hmm. now and okay to buy it and that the money goes to the artists who made it now, maybe? I don't know. It, could somebody update me on the Read Only Memories situation? Because <laughs> I love that game, but it, the situation around its creation was really shitty. Oh. Um, uh, cause if I can buy the, if I can buy the Switch version in good conscience, knowing that the money is going to the people who made it, then I will. Um, okay. cause I would love to play it again. Um, anyway, uh, Read Only Memories does it. Um, uh, Animal Crossing, the most recent one, like, there isn't even an option to choose a gender. Everyone's just. It's what- fully just like presentation. Like- yeah, it's fully presentation. But all the pronouns are neutral. All the pronouns are neutral. All the pronouns are neutral, baby. And, um, and Chip and... What's the lizard's name? Oh, I can't remember. Chip and the lizard, who I like. I like this. I like the lizard. They're gay. Gay right. And I also saw a Twitter post of, like, villagers can, like, have a conversation about this, like, anime TV show. (gasps) Yeah. Where there's two princesses who are in love. Yeah. And it's just like, hey, 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 Nintendo, thank you for this gift. Thank you for the food. Thank you for the food, Nintendo. Um... Uh, and I know that Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, which is coming out at some point, uh, it has- I fully do not know. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, it got delayed, and then I imagine now with COVID-19, uh, people are working from home, uh, which I'm imagining is not making the process go- fast which is of course incredibly valid and you want to make sure that work hours are appropriate yeah avoid crunch make avoid sure people crunch. don't get infected avoid crunch fuck you last of us 2 fuck you naughty dog <sighs> honestly um, if my girl ashley johnson wasn't in that game <laughs> i'd be writing a strongly worded fucking letter lads yeah god i i hope the situation at capcom is doing good cuz fuck i love resident evil what's up with capcom Oh, just that I hope they do, they don't crunch their employees. Oh, yeah. I mean, I hope that for everybody, yeah, obviously. Well, yes, a general hope, but... But anyway, Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2, which I'm very excited about, will be streaming it when it comes out. Um, I, it, I know that it'll let you choose your pronouns separate from the character that you make. Yeah. Which is really nice. Uh, I feel like that alone implies the existence of they, them pronouns. Yeah. Um, but I don't think that they have expressly confirmed that. Mm. Um, so Any here's hoping. Of, like gender fluidity is, is really appreciated, honestly. Honestly. But it would be nice to just see more games where it truly just doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Like 
it doesn't even need to be an option. You are just a character and either they are just confirmed agender or like, if you must, you can in your own mind infer a pronoun if you must. Sure. Um, but it would be nice just to like have it not matter. <laughs> people mm-hmm. don't have to give a shit. But I don't know. People, people be, people be cis. <laughs> Yeah, it it seems to me like the uh the only like information about this is like they like they have not released a whole lot of information about the game in a while. Um uh the last like the last time they talked about this was March of last year, so it's been a while. Jesus. Yeah, I mean this game's been in development for a while. Uh and I think it's just because they're taking they're like they are genuinely avoiding crunch. Um, which is obviously appreciated. And they seem to be a very, like, politically minded company that cares about having a thing to say. Good. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited to see, I'm just so excited to see that fucking game. And obviously, I'm me. I love vampires and goth shit. True. Uh, <laughs> I am legitimately, fu- like, in Animal Crossing right now, I'm just like, God, I really, where are all the spooky items? I need spooky items. <laughs> where are my Halloween items? Uh, if I have to wait to, ha- if I have to wait to fucking Halloween to get a good selection of spooky items. Well, that's the thing, right? Cause it's fucking autumn down here in the Southern Hemisphere. Where's my autumnal stuff? Where's my shit, bitch? I want bats. Give me my bats. Yeah, I, honestly, where are bats? Where are, uh, where can I get a gravestone? I know there's one in the game. <laughs> uh, hey, Mars. Hey, Miles. You know what's fun about recording a podcast with you? What's fun about recording a podcast with Other than I me? love you. <laughs> other, other than the fact that we love each other. I love you, my favorite. I love that we always talk about video games immediately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Listen. Listen. We are are two people that are big nerds. I was about to say dorks, but I didn't think that was appropriate. Dork is a slur that I'm reclaiming. (laughs) For me, when I play video games. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yes. Talk about your... Because otherwise, I'll just keep talking about vampires. So, please. We're we're already going to be talking about vampires. Um, When I play video games, I almost always play as women. And I think that's, like, from, like, maybe an artist, like, thing in my brain. In my head, I'm just like, women are pretty. And yeah. the boys look boring. And yeah, I don't well, really care. In, in, fucking, in the character customizers, especially, the ones where you get to make your own character, like, the options for the boys are always so fucking boring. So dumpy. Ugh. Ugh. I don't want to look at that. Yeah. <laughs> be cute. It's as a gay man, I men are so boring. <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I don't know why. Honestly, this is how my brain works, but like, and and honestly, like relating to like what we were talking about earlier, it's been interesting coming to terms with being gay because it shouldn't be a big deal because I've been queer for so long and I'm surrounded by queer people. My family's been very supportive. Like, it's not a big deal, but to me, it is because so much of my identity has centered around loving and respecting women that to not be sexually or romantically attracted to women anymore is a thing of like, well, then I don't 
like, what am I doing then? Like, this is such an important part of me. Like, how could I lose that? How could I not love women when I appreciate them and respect them so much? Yeah, uh, it's, and it's like I, a part of my brain is like, I hope I don't become like a weird sexist dude, even though I would never. Well, it's, it's like, cause like with romance, um, I feel like you, oftentimes you end up meeting people through the people, like through other people. Mm hmm. Um, and like, especially if you're queer, I feel like meeting people through friend groups and friends of friends and stuff like that is just like kind of natural. Yeah. Um, because like going outside to play, I have literally no idea. Like cis people, cishet people just meet each other on the fucking bus, I guess. <laughs> and it's like, what the fuck? You hear yep. you hear cis het couple stories of how they met, and it's just like like. Well, he stalked me for six months, and then I said yes. I was at the I was at a coffee shop, and he noticed my art book. Yep, he uh, shot his shot, and now we're married. Yeah, and it's just like there is I a don't know particular how that dance have. that queer people do. <laughs> like, it's very different. Well, yeah, uh, and like I personally like i need to like it needs i cannot just like and i don't know if other people can do this but i can't just like date someone and find out you know you can't I feel, fuck around and find out right it, well i'm not fucking around well you wouldn't be fucking around but you yeah. got me um but i um like i really genuinely like need a strong connection before like in my mind, the ideal way that I would find myself in a relationship is to just have such a strong connection with someone that one day we wake up and just sort of realize that we're already dating. You know what I mean? I think, like, it's such an essential part of the queer experience for so many of us to, like, pining and yearning and longing is so intrinsically built into attraction that it's weird when you have friends that are like, oh, I met him last week and now we're dating. And I'm like, I'm happy for you. How the fuck did you do that? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Fuck? I don't know how fucking, be I don't know how people do that. Um, Truly, in high school, I was always like, how'd you trap him? <laughs> did, did you fucking lay out a fucking apple pie and put a box over it? And this is why, like, date dating apps have never worked for me. I've been on dates and, like, A, most people just want to fuck. That's all they want mm -hmm. on those apps. Um, yeah. They're either and, looking like, for a third or they're just trying to fuck or both. Right. And so, it's like, okay, fine. And, like, yeah, okay, eventually that fucking might turn into a relationship. For me, that just feels like a backwards way to take it. It kind really, it's cutting, it's not cutting to the chase, it's cutting to the end of the relay. You're like, well, like where am like, I? What is, I didn't do anything. Like, for me, it's like, how I want it, and how I want it to be is like, like, friends, friends, friends. Are we still friends, friends, friends? Mm -hmm. Oh, we're dating. It needs to get to the point where you have to sit down and go, we should talk about this, right? Yeah. <laughs> It's like, mm. yeah, but all, but also the problem with that is that I'm really bad at reading vibes like that. True. I need people just to fucking sit me down, hold me by the shoulders and just fucking tell me. I'm, I, I need, here's what I need is I need a, a consultant in my life who just goes through all of my conversations, interactions, just a silent observer, and they can tell me 
if the person is in love with me or not. Because that's well, you know. Okay, <laughs> so this is interesting. Because otherwise, so, I'll never be able to tell. That's true. It's interesting because I love doing that for other people. Because like, if people are like, "Can you just be honest and tell me what's going on?" I will be brutally honest. Uh, that's just like the weird little psychology fucking student thing in the back of my brain. That's like time to help people. Um, but I can never do it for myself, and I think that's because like that's where the trope of like the quote unquote useless lesbian comes from. When people are like, "You don't even realize when you're dating a woman," and it's like that's because we're afraid that if we say anything. They'll hate us and spit on us yeah. and never talk to us again. Yep. So I don't think it's you being dumb or like not all of it. Like I mean, dumbass rights. We're both stupid, but yeah. like, like I don't think that's entirely all of it. I think a lot of it is like I don't want to overstep my bounds here. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to make you uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, um, I yeah, I've uh, hist- I have not been great at that historically and Histor- also historically ju- speaking. just like for me there's a lot of like boundary like uh, uh barriers i should say mm-hmm. that are just like okay well first off they gotta be on my wavelength yeah which that's already difficult we need vibes because i'm kind of a lot <laughs> you are an intense person and if people don't immediately get into that it's probably not gonna happen. Yeah, right. It's like you need someone equally as intense. Like when we started talking, it's just us holding each other by the arms, being like, I care about you on purpose. On like, purpose, I will care about you. Like, uh, like, honestly, the fact that just randomly we ended up like 100% vibing like that. Truly. Because it really was like, honestly, when I like, when I messaged you to talk about Scooby-Doo, it was like literally not very long until I was telling you deep personal details about my life. Again, fully gay people. Let me tell you my trauma. Like, instant vibes. And also, I love it when people are like, oh, I was afraid to like talk to you. And I'm like, I... If anyone sends me a message, I'm like, oh, hey, what's up? Like, I'm immediately like, oh, sure, we'll be friends. I'm cool with that. I'm a very chill person to talk to. Uh, I don't love, like, meeting people on the internet because I'm a bad texter, but I do like to meet people that way. Listen, I love you so much. Don't call me out. (laughs) You you called yourself out and I co-signed. That's it. All right, that's – I wrote the letter and you just signed it. Yeah. Um, I think it's, like, interesting, like – there are so many interesting parts of, like, this conversation that, like, I, I want to elaborate on. Like, I, I, I haven't tried dating as an adult queer person, like, as an adult trans man, because mm-hmm. even though I'm, like, I like the way I look and I like my presentation, there are things I would like to be more of. There are things I would like to change. I think that's inherent in everyone. But I'm pretty comfortable and confident in myself. Like, I like being fat. I like being trans. Like, I truly don't have any shame in being a trans man. Uh, But I also recognize that I am not the ideal standard of attractiveness in society. And that is okay, because I wouldn't want to be dating anyone that's like, I don't actually think you're attractive, because that would be wild. Yeah. But it is interesting, like, there's a barrier in my brain of, like, I like myself, but I also know that other people don't like what I am. Yeah, it's it's because uh, I feel a, a very similar feelings about myself, but I feel like it's on 
it's it's on a different way. I I don't know if I'm considered conventionally attractive or not. I have literally no idea. Um, <laughs> like this is we not nobody. <laughs> I mean, nobody ever tells me, "Hey, you're attractive." So like, Maz, hang and on, I don't have any measure of what. <laughs> hang on, I'm holding you. I'm holding your arms. What's up, Maz? Hold my hand. Hi, I'm holding it. What's up? Thank you, Maz. You're very cute. Oh well, thank you. Um, I just like that doesn't register like like, and this is like I mean this is a gateway to a whole other conversation, but this is like why I am so like interested in monsters is in terms of humans physical the physical body that a human has does not even like register for me in any particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I don't. I'm to to in my own brain like I'm neither attractive or unattractive and I feel that way about everybody else like for sure somebody's somebody's hotness does not register for me at all yeah yeah uh so like I only sort of experience that in a sense in when I feel like a strong strong emotional connection um but like even then like again like physicality the like somebody's body doesn't really fig- factor into it it's more about like soul mm-hmm. and so since i it is like that sort of soul connection i feel like i have stronger empathy for monsters mm. because there is an inherent level of like no one else will love you so i will Okay, so this is an extremely interesting thing that I was talking to my friend Wes about the other day. Mm-hmm. Shouts out to Wes. I love them very, very much. We have the dumbest conversations sometimes. But I think it's interesting because I, I think queer people and straight people have very different, like, monster – I mean, to put it – like, I can't really think of a better, like, more well-known term than monster fucker, but that isn't, like, Monster fucker the- is, not a, uh, is not appropriate to what I'm talking about. No, but, like, people who- Because, like, obviously, are- we all would. Of course. But- Come on now. But, like, only after a, str- like, a strong connection has been built. Yeah. But uh, we were talking about how it's really interesting that, like, straight people, when they think about, like, human-monster relations in, like, media, like, film, TV, all of that stuff, uh, you think about, like, a monstrous man just being sort of, like, an attract, like, still got, like, a human mm-hmm. body, like, still has muscles, uh, and then, like, it's it's like the world of uh, Warcraft, like, body, like, uh, uh, gender dysmorphia stuff of, like, oh, it's a werewolf and then a woman with dog ears. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It feels like when, when straight men are attracted to monster girls, it's like, it's just a woman with mm. a cat tail. Um, and then when you look yeah. at what queer people are attracted to, it's like a, a, the concept of darkness- and, and I feel held by it. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, because, like... It's very different. I'm thinking of it, I'm like, so, the like, for, like, for straight people from, in, in terms of straight media, because not, because, you know, I don't want to necessarily put a, a button on it and say all straight people, you know, because that, because then somebody will say not all straight people and I'll have to mute them. <laughs> I just don't want to block anyone else. So, uh, but in terms of straight media, like, it's the, in straight media, in straight monster romance media, um, the, 
power is in the hands of the monster. Um, and it is about like, yeah, power and control and like also just size of like, it's, they're way bigger than me. And then like, then the next question is like, well, if they're that big, what's the dick like? You know, what the dick do? So like that's where that's that's sort of like that's where the logical it, progression, right? That's the logical progression. But in terms of like queer monster romance media that I have seen, which is mostly you know web comics and uh, small stories and you know sure. stuff like that. Like there yeah. isn't like obviously with a lot of queer media, it's all it's very. It's a, it's a lot of smaller projects usually, mm-hmm. um, uh, which is like sh- which is why shit like She-Ra is so important. Um, but in terms of like queer monster romance, it's a lot more of like it's less about power and more about empathy. Yeah, of recognizing like being a monster is hard. It's a tough life, and it's easy when you're shunned by everyone to lash out. And become violent and try and take anything you can in order to survive. Mm. And that experience of being abandoned by humanity is that something that I feel like a lot of queer people and maybe especially trans people experience. Yeah, I would absolutely argue that. And um, so it's like, it's the ability to look at a monster and say, we're the same. So, this is what I said to, this is what I asked Wes, and this is like what I would love if we could talk about, like sort of answering that. Uh-huh. is uh, So, what I said to Wes is, especially for quote-unquote undesirables in society, are we attracted to monsters because we perceive ourselves as being the more attractive partner in the relationship? Is it a way of projecting self-love for how we perceive ourselves? Is it a way of safely mm. fantasizing about kink without having to deal with the emotional fallout of picturing a real person? Or is it about, like, ob- objectification? I, I I think it's a combination I, of a lot of things. I mean, it can't, I think it can be. I think it can be any of those things. I think though that, well, let me tell you this is that from art I have seen online, the idea that, that it's about being the more attractive partner is A, kind of troubling and B, um, uh, not what people are thinking, I think. I think there they are the, some they people- make, they, make the mon- they make the monsters pretty attractive. I mean, it's all up to, I think, subjectivity, but I will agree with that. I think it is like, it's the thing of like, I am not conventionally attractive by these people's standards. So to have this monstrous thing be into me gives me power in that dynamic. I, I think it's a lot like, about power dynamics. I don't, I actually disagree. Really? I don't think it is about having power. Cause like also, I think that the idea of relationships being inherently about power is misguided. And I don't think it has to be that way. Oh, yeah. And I'm also saying this isn't like a universal, this is why people like monsters thing. This is like sure. how some people experience this. Well, for sure. But also, I think that genuinely, like there, I mean, obviously, there are people who are like just straight up horny. And that's also fine. Yeah. But like, I feel like just straight horniness and, and also gay horniness. I didn't mean it like that, but hey, whatever. <laughs> I get you. Is like not a hundred percent what we're talking about. No, because it isn't. like, because like, obviously like, you know, a, 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 a image somebody drew 
of a mummy, but the wraps are kind of falling off and there's a hot dude under it, is like- Rami Malek. Well, yeah. <laughs> look, look. <laughs> no, here's the thing. <laughs> I am- I, I am- I am not a sexual person at all, as we have talked about. But I, of course, I would get down with Rami Malek. I mean, look at of him. Of course. Obviously. We all watched Night at the Museum and felt something. Like, he can absolutely 100% get it. But uh, what the fuck was I even talking about before this? <laughs> I'm lost in the sauce. Incredibly lost in the sauce. Um, but it is about like that, the feeling wanted, like. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, well, like it's, yeah, it's about, I think genuinely the monster romance thing is about this. It's about codependence, I yeah. think, of like, we need each other. We're the yeah. only ones who will have each other. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that I haven't personally seen uh uh the Guillermo del Toro movie because yeah. Shape of Water called? is how Wesley like started on this conversation. Yeah, obviously Shape of Water like is the most mainstream monster romance movie that there is. It won an Oscar. Like uh but I haven't personally seen it, but I feel like from what I've seen about it, it sort of like captures that codependence vibe. Yeah. Um, and like, I think that is what it is about is this like mutual need for each other. Yeah. I think Shape of Water is such an interesting example because like the main character is mute and the monster, like this is for people who haven't seen it, you know, um, and the, uh, monster Charlie is also mute because he's like a fish guy, doesn't have lungs. You know how it is. You can make, like, chittering noises, uh, but, like, the way that they communicate is through sign language, and he never once judges her for that, because he doesn't have the capacity to be like, oh, you're different and weird by a standard that I'm not even familiar with, um, well, and he only ever appreciates that she talks to him. Well, that's the other thing, like, and that's a fucking great point, is, like, the other thing that's, like, interesting about it is there. it's, like, this idea of me and this monster were so different in so many ways, and whatever, to make this work, it has to be work. Yeah. To, like, figure each other out and experiment and trust each other. Yeah. And it has to be done without judgment. This, like, intentional communication and, like, total raw honesty. Like, there is no room for, like, not elaborating and not Mm -hmm. confiding in each other. We have to have the most open communication. Uh, And so, we will always understand what's going on with each other. Yeah. And I think that there's, like, there's an appeal to it of, like, it's almost simpler than than a human relationship. Yeah, I can definitely like, say that. The needs are very straightforward. It's nice to have something that's simple. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It's, it's like, this is why, like, I'm not as into werewolves, but vampires are my thing. Why? Because, is that? because vampires, like, werewolves are about the power dynamic, they are about being physically stronger about being physically larger, about when your emotions get high, you take control. Mm. And I'm not interested in having, I'm not interested in a romantic relationship in one person being in control of any aspect of the other person. I always want it to be a choice 
a genuine choice that you make to because like you think it's worth it. Yeah. I think and, it depends on the like media you consume because I, mm-hmm. I kind of like werewolves because like there is a lot of that like power dynamic media, but I don't really like that. I much prefer the type that is like, I am still a conscious being when I'm like this and we can still communicate and there is still like room for that emotion. But I absolutely understand that like, cause it is bad to have those types of like a, a, a abusive, like bordering on abusive dynamics. Mm-hmm. And like, it doesn't have to be. And I also don't want to imply that that sort of power dynamic is invalid and not a thing that you can have in a healthy relationship. No, it completely but, depends. Yeah. But it's an opt in scenario. Yeah. Well, it's like how not everyone's going to have like a BDSM relationship with their partner. Right. Exactly. For some people, that's right? like an ideal dynamic. And some people yeah. are like 24 seven kink, which is hard uh, and needs constant communication. But other people can't do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, on the other side, like vampires for me, like vampires are to me about empathy because being a vampire sucks. Mm. <laughs> like just in the fact of like, it, okay, you're a vampire in modern day. Well, uh, not a lot of like, even by the fact that like the world doesn't operate on your schedule. You sure. cannot be a, you cannot be a regular member of society, even if you want to. Yeah. Um, and there is that isolation to it. And like, yeah, I guess they're dangerous or whatever, but they're also just human. They're still human Mm. in a sense, just trying, just doing their best and trying to live. Mm. And like, I don't know. I feel like this is why I'm so interested in like, like in our D and D campaign, like I am deeply interested in like the, like social structure of like what would life be like if like you know orcs and tieflings and uh fairies and mice and bugs and all of these different species like all lived in a modern day city mm. like what would that city look like what would the infrastructure be because i am interested in the empathetic solutions of how do we make life worth living for you yeah, the urban fantasy world building, I think, is always very interesting. Um, and it's always very interesting to explore, like, as a writer, as a creative, as a dungeon master, like, deciding, like, how your world has developed, like, and it's kind of a wish fulfillment fantasy because if there's, like, accessibility in your world, it's a way of, like, living out what you wish accessibility was like in real life or by like having a metaphor for being like the world isn't built for these people honestly and the queer revolution is happening in D. oh D is for gay people now it didn't used to be no <laughs> no not when but, gygax uh, did it but, but it is now it is now baby uh, there is nothing more inherently homoerotic than going on a big adventure with your friends and also being like yeah. an elf or whatever and also be oh my oh what did oh okay I can't remember what Ali said. Ali uh, was on a live stream the other day. Ali Beardsley is a comedian with College Humor. Um, and they said that D&D is like a, a – what was it? Fuck, I'm trying to remember. It was like it's coming out and being accepted and it's like letting yourself come out again. It's like having this wish fulfillment like fantasy of like I can be this and – 
no part of my character has to be attached to like this is my entire story. And they were talking about how like one of the characters they played in D and D, Pete the Plug, is trans. Uh, and then the DM was like, yeah, because no transphobe like would be looking at that character and go like, uh, what the fuck? That's a trans guy because he can shoot like fire out of his hands. Yeah. Like that's not the important yeah, thing right. here, like- everyone. So I think D and D is like it's a lovely safe way of like cursing it's so normal to be gay mm-hmm. so it's nice to be in a fantasy world where it's also normal to be gay oh yeah and and like queer characters are all over the D campaign like yeah whether or not it's ever said like oh, it's yeah it's like implicit and like also like if you're like in a in a bar or whatever and you're like oh i want to find you know this type of person to flirt with i'm not gonna be like well there's only these people at the-. it's like no i'll make up an npc for you to flirt with that's okay yeah like it's especially gratifying knowing your friends types mm-hmm. <laughs> and just fucking adding them <laughs> it's delightful yeah uh we'll we'll see how that goes we haven't really gotten to like any flirting stuff in D yet in our campaign yeah. Well, I so I recently ran a Monster Hearts uh, game, mm-hmm. which is a tabletop game for people who don't know. It's a tabletop game uh, that's much more focused on uh, pub- like going through puberty, being in high school while also being a monster. Uh, and it plays a lot with like identity politics mm-hmm. uh, and how that affects both being a monster and both and and being a human. Uh, and running that game, like I was so comfortable <laughs> flirting with my friends, it wasn't funny. <laughs> I was just so – because the whole point of that game as a GM is to be like, I want – like, because being a teenager is realizing things like, oh, I might not be straight. And to be in those games, like, the point is to be like, I'm going to throw some sex spaghetti at the wall and let's see what sticks. Okay? You might get – like, you might realize some shit. Uh, And I think it's, like, a really interesting thing to play with uh, queer people. I think it's going to be fun because – if you're flirting with an NPC, then I have to kind of pretend not to be ace for a bit. And like, isn't it a weird feeling? And <laughs> it, it is going to be, uh, not a hundred percent. It's not going to be, it's, it's going to be clear that I'm faking it. I think because <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Honestly. I like because like I when you're like you're playing like 20 characters as a DM and like in your head it's like well when flirting do I have to adopt like a different flirting style like I'm only used to doing it a certain way and also I don't have a flirting style I'm stupid I don't know what I'm doing I don't know (laughs) if again it's like I had, I don't, it's not like I can fucking flirt with someone and then like, then the next day I'd be like, hey, uh, what, like, what, what's, the, up? what's the next step <laughs> after flirting? Listen, everyone, we are developing people. We are ever changing shapes of pure light and energy and gothness. And we are figuring it out as two 22 year olds. That's fucked up. We are. Always learning. I mean, for sure. the queer experience is so fucked up to navigate sometimes. (laughs) But here's the thing. I- I'm gonna get good at flirting only to- to- only to play D&D. Fucking get good, scrub. Yeah. I'm only gonna get good at flirting to play D&D. Because I don't care in real life. I (laughs) know- You're gonna take, like, an improv workshop, but only for flirting. only for flirting. Yeah. (laughs) Just gonna ask a bunch of, like- 
like my friends that are in relationships. Just I'm just going to record them going about their day to day life. I can review the footage. Ugh, like, because in terms of like a romantic relationship for me, it'll what it'll end up being is like I'll just be in a place with someone, and all of a sudden our two lightning bolts of emotions will collide, and we'll be like, "Oh my god, you're the same." Yeah. Um, and then that's how it'll happen. Uh, Queer relationships are so interesting because there's always that little thing in the back of your head when you start to like become like closer friends with someone that's like, am I being a normal person right now or oh, am I, I falling yeah, in love I, with you? <laughs> Every time I'm like, do I, is this? No, right? I no. think I'm just going to have to be like, like, if it's not instantaneous it's not gonna happen just because of just because my emotions are just like all at once yes that is very true um because you can't you can't build up to that no you know what what i I feel like we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. this is an entirely different conversation hi hi what's up hi i just i just think it'd be really interesting to talk about this how active are you in like your local lgbt community uh not not at all really but only because i don't get out and i also don't feel any connection to my city that's valid and also that is extremely and also valid. i'm so fucking I, for me my like queer space has always been on the internet yeah so i mean i'd love to do like charity work sometimes to like hmm. to help out but um but it is different like when you're an internet like person yeah for sure it's interesting. The other day, like, <laughs> this is so dumb. Uh, my mom, okay, this is such a fucking long way to go around the bend, but um, my mom had to get a new hairdresser and her new hairdresser is a bi man and they were talking about him being bi. No, I don't know how they started talking about it. My mom just finds gay people. Um, and, and so this led to her asking me like, hey, Miles, do you like do stuff with like the LGBT community? I know that sometimes you go to Pride and do stuff with your friends, but like, are you actually active in like doing activism? And I was like, I'm not really, but I would like to be more active because I live in a small island for people who don't know. I live in Tasmania off the southern coast of Australia. Um, there's very, it's not big. It's not very diverse here, which isn't great. If you're on um, the coast of Tasmania, if you throw a rock, you might hit miles. Oh, yeah. I'll open my mouth and swallow it whole. Um, that's okay. <laughs> I'm just letting myself talk. Um, but I think it's like, it's interesting living in like an insular community because I feel like I owe it to people to be there because I remember being young and listen, I'm not, uh, I'm totally fine with talking about this on trans questioning because it can get dark sometimes. But when I was coming out to my family, like for the first time being like, I'm a boy actually, <laughs> so, um, uh, sorry, everyone. <laughs> uh, I I didn't know what my family was going to say, because even though, like, my mom has a lot of gay friends, like, I know a lot of LGBT people, like, all well, just LGB people, like, I've never met any trans people before. I had no idea if my mom would accept me because we'd never talked about trans people before. And then when I came out, she was like, oh, I thought it was, like, implicit that I would support trans people. Um, and I was like, hmm. It it's wasn't. not though. It's not. <laughs> so so if I could be that like visible person in a young person's life to be like, hey, that is someone, like that is what I can be. 
that's like I can go on hormones if I want them. Like I can become a stable adult with friends that love me uh, because this person has done that. Um, so I would like to be more active in the community. But also sometimes when you live in a small community, everyone sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's dated each other so you can't do anything and there's just a bunch of awful twinks. Ugh. <laughs> But Mars knows this. Last year, I got to team up with a artist friend of my mum's. Uh, their name's Dexter. They use uh, they, he pronouns, uh, which was also, I'm very thankful to him because, like, he helped my mum understand non-binary pronouns, like, helping a gender pronouns, like, get stuck in her head because I have a lot of non-binary friends. Um, and we got to team up and do a whole, like, gallery on being trans yeah. and, like, invited a bunch of other people. I wrote three poems. I'm holding a little, like, little zine right now. It's covered in the same fabric that, uh, binds is made out of it's very visceral uh i had a lot of fun writing the poems um i love reading back over them and that was such a magical experience to like go to that event and like just like hug like older trans women that like there's a lot of older trans women in my community and just to like go up to them and be like hi i respect you so fucking much <laughs> thank you so much for just being here yeah being incredible and just like be like they go into politics and like they have been fighting for my rights for so long and like some of them have only come out like in recent years and they're like in their 50s and they are just the most incredible people I've ever met and to bring my family to that event and to show them this is what my community looks like not just what my experience is but what our experience is was so fucking incredible and to get them to look at what trans people have been through and to read our stories of like abuse and euphoria in equal measures was such a magical experience like when i got there my mom was like i cried five minutes into being in this gallery because i just started looking at all these people's stories and like the most deep empathy in my body just like welled up and i started crying and she yeah. had to like hug dexter for like ages and just like get it out because she was so proud of me being involved in the community is good, is it what is. I'm saying. <laughs> it is. Just talking to people is hard. Talking to people sucks. <laughs> talking to people sucks super hard. I, like, it's weird for me because, like, I don't particularly present, I don't present any particular way, but because I have a beard, it, like, auto-IDs as dude. Yeah. Um, which, like, I have a beard because, A, I look like trash without one. Big mood. You, I, I recently shaved off my whole beard and I think I sent you a picture of it. Did you? Yeah, I did when it happened. It was over Snapchat, so it's gone now. Yeah. Um, but- my memory's blanked, but valid. But it was weird and bad. Oh, yeah. Like, as soon as I, cause I, I have, um, polycystic ovarian, uh, syndrome. Uh, so I already had like natural, like facial hair growing, but like, as soon as I went on tea, it was like, oh, beard time. Um, yeah, yeah. uh, but like, I think like early last year when I went to go see Hosier because I had to go through an airport and like, I haven't done any like official changes to my identity. Uh, I was like, oh, I guess I got to shave. So I look like a whammon. 
Uh, and so I shaved yeah. and I was like, oh, no, this was the worst thing I could have done. Yeah, honestly. And so now I'm not going to shave ever again. My yeah, friend honestly. Nathan, I love you, Nathan. I know you're listening to this. He was like, hey, do you want to do Movember last year? And I was like, I'm going to look like a trash fucking pile. I'm not going to fucking shave my beard. I look yeah, like no. an idiot. I no, I, like I have. I don't think I'll ever shave a, my beard off again. Uh, I think I'll probably have a beard for the rest of my life. And, beards are just cool. And the other here's well, beards are just cool, but also like my beard is not related to my gender identity at all. It's relate. It's related to my Cuban heritage. Yeah, and it's important to me because of that. Yeah. But for but explaining to someone that hey guess what hair isn't gendered yeah is a very tricky step for a lot of people yeah um well yeah and there's so like, like countless indigenous like uh, tribes and people that like growing hair is very important yeah so, like why why the fuck it does it matter to you yeah, it honestly. is not a, your hair honestly um and but like because of that. No matter what I do to the rest of my whole situation, not that I think that there's a whole lot to do, I'm pretty happy with my whole body. Mm -hmm. I am always going to be, I think, auto-ID'd as mm, gay man. Yeah. Um, which- I that with me. Checking. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, a lot of my, uh, a lot of my trans friends want to, like, swap shit with me. Listen, and I'm Mars, like, if, if you ever want to look like a- Baby face, uh, <laughs> pudgy weirdo. Just fucking call me up. We'll do a swap. Um, I don't know. It's it's weird being in pub a public space in a queer space because even among other queer people, I get auto ID'd a certain way. Yeah. So it like and like if I clarify, I'm sure it'll be it's it like most people will be fine. It's but just the like automatic assumption. But yeah, it'll always be a barrier. Yeah. Um so it's like a lot of the times as an agender person, as a asexual person, as someone who uses the bisexual ID, even though it doesn't mean attraction to women for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times I'm sort of excluded from a lot of the queer experience. Really? Um Yeah, because obviously, like, I am queer and I have these experiences and these thoughts and these feelings. But in terms of queer spaces, like, I'm obviously allowed to be there, but I'm not... You're not, like, easy to understand, so I'm people not, don't... Like, res- yeah. yeah, like, the spaces are not, like... Because, like, queer spaces are also, and we've talked definitely talked about this before, queer spaces are often driven by sexuality. Oh, absolutely. You know, because obviously it's important to explore that. But as someone who does not feel physical attraction, like, people take that as an insult a lot of the time. Of, yeah. like, you don't find me attractive? And it's like, n- no, but also I don't find anyone particularly attractive. It's uh, That's why I really like, um, at least in my area, I'm assuming in other places too, like having uh, queer picnics and, like, queer lunches where mm. people just, like, potluck bring some like snacks go to the like the local park set up some blankets and like hang out so that like miners can come and hang out and like just exist in a queer space and not have to go to a place like a gay bar and also like especially for you mars being also like gray ace and also not drinking 
going yeah, to a uh, yeah. bar is like, what the fuck am I doing? No, going yeah, to a like, gay bar is a I miserable dance, experience. But, uh, I, I can dance and I'm a good dancer, but I don't like dancing in public. So mm-hmm. like, And like you can't talk to anyone because it's too fucking loud. Right. My bestie who I'm moving in with uh, soon, they have uh, committed to uh, taking me to places to meet people. Uh, which is great because they also don't drink and are also ace. Yeah. So they'll probably take me to like fucking board game nights and shit. Yeah. That's the real shit. Um, so I'm excited. It's nice to meet people and have like, it's hard because like there's no spaces really set up like this yet. That's just like, hey, I'm okay with getting like personal with you and becoming like a close friend to you. I deeply do not want to have sex with you right now (laughs) yeah Uh, and it would be nice to just have those sort of like made up spaces that like it's not the same as like going to like a straight bar because i don't want to be around straight people i would like a queer space for that yeah honestly in the romance department for me i wish it was easier i wish more people recognized being asexual especially within like because it's excluded both within and without the queer community yeah uh, so and, many people and, want to exclude asexual people and also people like even if you're not asexual you they're like if you don't want to have sex right away like that's fine that's, that's fine <laughs> people should be okay with that why Jeez. is that so controversial um hey we should probably uh wrap this up pretty soon I know. Because we've been I talking know, for an hour and a half. Yeah. And we could and we could legitimately keep talking forever, but eventually we'd be putting Sarah Zedig out of a job because we'd talk yeah. about everything. And we do need to talk about, you know, other stuff at further points. We can't just talk about being trans forever. <laughs> the infinite yeah. loop of us. And we have our own podcast that is that we will be returning to very soon. Yeah, we can't keep talking about being queer here. We need to talk about being queer on our music podcast. Yep. I mean, yeah. We need to talk about video games on our music podcast. Yep, that happens too. We don't talk uh, about music on our music podcast. Sometimes we don't. Honestly. Hey, Miles. Hey, Miles. It has been a delight to podcast with you again. It's been a fine afternoon of podcasting with you, <laughs> We, I mean, obviously we're going to be doing this again very soon. And yes. then, uh, and then regularly after that. So I'm just, I'm glad to be back. I truly could podcast with no other. You keep me on track. <laughs> I know we go off the rails, but yeah. at least we're on, like, generally speaking, we keep each other pretty in sync. Yeah. I We're would not have been doing this for as long if it wasn't for your persistence and your kindness throughout our friendship. You know how many- I feel like this is something that is true of every single one of my friends. Every single one of my close friends has told me at some point, I wouldn't be doing this if you weren't so persistent. But It's like, a good quality. But in a they like they obviously like they mean it in a heartfelt way, but it's a very consistent character trait of mine. Yeah, (laughs) you're an authoritative person. People listen when you talk. I don't know if authoritative is the right word because I really don't want to be anybody's boss. You're the. (laughs) I don't want to say what I was going to say. I'm good actually. No, hey Miles, what were you going to (laughs) say? You have to say it now. And it's going to be the last thing that people hear on this episode, so it better be good. You're the friend, Dom. 
Thank you so much for listening to Trans Questioning. <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> we gotta go fast. I think that's it. Oh, we don't want to do our socials. Oh, do we want to do our socials? I do. Everyone has to follow me or I'll die. <laughs> okay, let's do our socials really quick. Hey, Mars, what's your shit? <laughs> uh, hey, you can find me on Twitter at CozyGothMars. It's... It- I tweet some fun stuff out sometimes, but it's mostly just retweeting of political shit and then mm-hmm. announcements of the stuff that I do. Yep. So, hey. But a more fun <laughs> place to follow me is on Twitch. Uh, <gasps> twitch.tv slash Cozy Uh I try... I'm trying a new thing, which is actually having a stream schedule. Um <laughs> A concept. So I'm going to try uh, and stream every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night. And I'm also archiving all of that. Um, I mostly play weird, spooky games with my friends. Yeah. Um, not necessarily horror games, just weird and or spooky. It sometimes coincides, but not all the time. It sometimes coincides. And uh, yeah, twitch.tv slash Mars is the, is the place. Um, Miles. And I'm at Rabdoidal, R-A-B-D-O-I-D-A-L, on uh, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, uh, Patreon, literally anywhere you would find a person, I if am you, if, you f- if you follow Critical Role at all, you have <laughs> seen Miles's art. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about it, but you've definitely seen it. <laughs> you've definitely seen it. It's been in the pre-roll several times. Mm, look at me. <laughs> It gets retweeted all the time. It does. Thank you. Um, And together, we do uh, Artificial Ghost Radio that is coming back. It's coming back on on April 4th. So three days after this episode is released. Doing it live. Doing it Uh, live adjacent. Doing it live. We're recording live. (laughs) We record it live. And then after that, well... And also follow uh, Trans Questioning Podcast uh, at TransQ Podcast on Twitter. Yes. You're, you're prob- if you're listening to this, you're probably already a Trans Questioning fan, which if you're not a Trans Questioning fan and you're listening to this, go listen to the rest of Trans Questioning. It's right there. The feed hey, is right there. Sarah Zedek is cool as shit. Sarah Zedek is cool as shit. I love her. She's the fucking best, and she gave me some cool shit in an Animal Crossing. Aw, so, nice. So, respect. Oh, wait, s- side note, I randomly joined, like, I didn't know whose island I went to last night. It was just like, do you want to go to this island? And I was like, oh, sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I was looking for my other friend's island, and then I went there, and then they were like, hey, Miles, follow me. And I was like, cool, I don't know who you are. And then I followed them, and they showed me a sticker on, like, an edge of a beach of <laughs> Goku dead and bleeding out <laughs> on the ground. And it was haunting. Hey, thanks oh for listening. God. Hey, thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for co-hosting with me, Miles. Thank you for co-hosting with me, Miles. Uh, that's podcast. And that's what I call podcast volume 32. Volume, how many How many podcasts have we recorded? Volume that many. Volume. Hmm. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Studio. Pretty, witty, and gay. Hey, Miles. 
Hey, Moz. I'd like to challenge you to find a song that you only heard once when you were a kid. Hmm. Okay, but I have a challenge for you, Moz. Oh, okay. I want you to find a song that was made by a celebrity. Oh, that's funny, because I'd like you to find a song that has a Pokemon in it. Oh, well, that's a real coincidence, because I want you to find a D&D song. Wait, 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 wait. We, we, we do not have time to talk about all of these songs. This is a promo. Oh, dang it, you're right. Okay, all right. Where can we go and where can people go to talk about the songs that go with these themes? Well, they could always go and listen to Artificial Ghost Radio. Artificial Ghost Radio? Ooh, what's that? It sounds like a podcast that we might do. It could be potentially a podcast that the both of us do. Wouldn't that be a weird coincidence? As if we wouldn't just have a conversation like this in real life. Well, this is a totally natural dialogue. (laughs) This is a natural dialogue that we have, naturally. Each episode on Artificial Ghost Radio, we challenge each other to find songs that fit extremely arbitrary themes. Oh, now that sounds interesting. But that can't be all they do. We also do this fun little segment by the name of The Wheel of Discord. The Wheel of Discord. And you want to know what we do on the Wheel of Discord? What do we do with the Wheel of Discord? We shuffle our music player of choice and we are forced to talk about whatever song comes up. That is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Where can this podcast be found? And when can this podcast be found? You can find us each and every Saturday on Luna Light Studio you get your podcast or sunday if you're in australia or sunday if you're with all the other cool people